Welcome back to Core Ideas, the podcast interested in all things related to lake sediments and paleolimnology. My name is Adam Jesiorski, and as always, I'm here with my good friend, Josh Steenpont. How are you, Adam? I'm doing here. pretty good. Here, quite literally. Yeah. The always is a bit of a lie. For the very first time in the history of the show, we are in the same room while recording. That's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. This is what it's ha- good to be here. Yes, that's what happens when you start a podcast project two months before a global pandemic. And uh, I guess the pandemic's still going, but I'm confident now, having had a bout of COVID and yep. multiple vaccines, and the world has opened up a, quite a bit. That uh, is what the plan was always. That's right. Periodically. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a hell of a drive. We probably won't be doing this for every episode, <laughs> but uh, it's good. And, and a fitting one for, for this one to record. And we actually are going to record a second episode that will probably come out first, because but this is the first time we've recorded anything in the same in the same room. Yeah. So let's kick it off with something cool. Yeah, because today uh, we're celebrating two full years of the podcast, and decided to have another anniversary slash reflection episode um, to look back on what was accomplished, what wasn't, <laughs> and uh, take a little bit of a look going forward and just kind of review what we thought worked and what we didn't and um and take it from there year two in review yep year two in review although we're not really i guess the first anniversary episode we called one full varv we're really more like two and a bit varvs right right now because the anniversary would have been the spring but we're in the same room and we felt like celebrating something and this is all we could think of yeah i mean we always intended to have more of a recap than uh a a true celebration of of the year, but uh, this is as good an excuse as any. So I think for anyone, any, well, maybe our dedicated listener. (laughs) Shout out. (laughs) Um, There's definitely an activity drop off when there was about 26 episodes in year one versus 20 ish. Uh, in year two and a half or your in the year and a half following that, I guess. Yeah. Um, so I guess on some, on a productivity level, welcome to the sophomore slump. It's a thing. I mean, it happens with all shows probably. Like, isn't it? I mean, I don't know if you were like making a TV analogy, you know, there'd be the pilot and usually the first season is a little short. Like, yeah, we're finding our feet, I guess. And in terms of reviewing, uh, so the first year ended kind of in the middle of, arc five which is topical paleolimnology then we follow that up with um the small picture and conceptual rabbit holes which is almost complete we've got one more episode to record from that um and you know i guess we came out of the gate in year one with a whole pile of ideas and banged them off and had a whole bunch of guests because we um spoke to jenny john matt and liz in year one yep and with no guests this year no uh, again a, a little bit circumstantial related to the way of the world uh and and some other changes that just ended up happening at the same time that resulted in that being the case but uh yeah but so three arcs kind of more or less completed and we did four in the first thing uh and we did have some material put away already to start the the first 
season, year, whatever. Um, so I think that's that's not too bad considering it is a side project. No one's getting paid to do this. We don't have a full-time producer. So overall, from a productivity perspective, maybe a little bit lower, but not uh, not bad in the end. I think so. The and guest thing is a little bit, you know, that that was one of our goals in the first year review is to have some more guests. But I think circumstances were a little bit different, which we can continue talking about. So, yeah, no, we definitely had plans initially to take the show on the road and interview a couple of people at conferences. And I have not been to a conference in three years. No, nope. no. If you're listening to this, though, and uh, and you're going to be at the uh, International Paleolimnology uh, Association meeting in the end of November, I am also going to be there. I don't know if I'll bring my podcasting gear. I think I might be too ambitious to to cart all that stuff all the way to uh, Argentina. But uh, you, you could convince me quite easily to do so if you are listening and, and you're going to be there and you want to chat for a few minutes for the podcast. We could maybe do that. Um, just send us an email and and it'll be probably a one sided conversation from the two of us, but uh, an option. But yeah, we did think about that. That might be coming up even into 2022, 2020, late 2021. So, and that didn't materialize. Okay. But, uh, but yeah, no. So we just kind of rolled with the flow. Um, you know, I think we settled on the idea of arcs yep. kind of thing in uh, response to the pandemic. And just like, what are we going to talk about next? Is this going to be all luxury? All our ideas are thrown out of the window. Um, and yeah. It's like if you build it, they will come. Our listenership is definitely ramped up. Yeah, big time. That that's a big positive difference. We may have done less episode, but we've we've been heard by more people. Yep. And even though we are still super niche, so I don't know if the response then is to double down <laughs> and go niche here. You, you want less <laughs> listeners? Is that what it is? Okay, sure. Well, I don't think there's that many people. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, <laughs> good. We could, and we may, you never know, because we really are not planning it in advance. No. And I thought, looking at the listenership, it was kind of really interesting that one or two of the episodes seem to have been flagged by, we're guessing, some sort of class mm -hmm. in, some in some respect, based on a huge flux of listens from one region yep. in one week. Yep. Um, and uh, I don't know if I thought that would be the kind of thing that would ever happen like yeah. no i was just like casual grad student microscope listener yeah. was always the goal but i think that's super neat i think that is well that's what happens when you have coming up on 50 episodes uh you can be you can kind of dive into the analytics a little bit so thinking about which episodes are particularly popular across the board and and then those more random kind of uh occurrences where an episode just gets picked up really significantly in one town in ohio i don't know if it's ohio just picking a place out of out of the blue but clearly associated with a university maybe a graduate class a senior undergraduate class it is pretty cool and no i did not think that that was going to be uh the use of any episode so it's neat that two or three of them have uh, have been used that way yeah and um so I guess that is where we could go niche year going forward if we chose to, um, because there definitely seems, and I did not think this would be the case, that there, there'd be a preference for luxury episodes over more of our rambly idea, like the conceptual rabbit hole kind of themes of mm -hmm. just pulling a bunch of kind of ideas together versus 
let's talk for an hour about diatoms yeah. or let's talk for an hour about coronamids. Yeah. Yet those seem to be the ones that seem to get the, the most listens. Agreed. It, it does seem that way. And I don't think it's a function of like the time of year because this most recent arc has come out in the summer when maybe people are less uh, less engaged in podcast listening. They're in the field doing other things like that. But going to the whole back catalog, it does seem the methodological uh, method ones do come out as, as the most listened to ones. So maybe people are using it to study more than to engage in or listen to our engaged conversations on weird topics. Yeah. We never get any mail, so it's not really it's really hard to gain feedback, except yeah. for a uh, posterior <laughs> kind yeah. of feedback. Yeah, um, and those, those lecture episodes, there's so much more work. They are, yeah. So that, we'll keep making them, but we have to throw in some of the more rambly, just ideas things because <laughs> they take so much more. Third prep. year slum will be even bigger. Yeah, yeah, and and we've kind of settled onto this one a month kind of time frame, and I think that's. Even the ones that require quite a bit of energy to to prepare for and to not script per se, but to to really organize the thoughts of can be done at that rate. So that that seems likely to continue at, at that sort of pace. But yeah, those ones do take a lot more work. Okay. It take a two or three planning sessions to get to one episode. Yeah. And then one thing I kind of wanted to do uh, is in our year one reflection, we made a bunch of action items to look forward to the future. I like how you call them action items and not plans because <laughs> we didn't really plan to do them. We just listed off things that might be nice. That we would like to do. Yep. And it definitely was in the vein of like to do versus need to do. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, let's just run through them. Okay. We were going to get some swag. Nope. Failed that. <laughs> we failed that one. We still don't have any t-shirts. But but Our we ha we did right talk now. about it. We've We've talked we we did more times. planning, uh, and in some ways it's uh, it's good because we rebranded the podcast. It's no longer a paleolimnology podcast. It's the paleo. So how embarrassing would it be to have the t shirt with the wrong name on it? That is a good point. Yeah. So I, I think moving forward we can we can check that off. I will bring some swag to the paleo <sighs> meeting in Argentina. Hit me up and and I might have stickers or. Yeah, we'll have to a t-shirt have, have or a two. Code word or yeah. something. A code to word. The time. Yeah. Like I listen to the show and I'll just dump all this stuff on you. <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't want to get this crap. Anyway, we will get that. And there's been some work towards that. All right. Actually, item number two is improve the website and finish the glossary. Well, I don't have anything to do with that, so I can't claim contribution in any way so my that, that was a mega fail was it yeah, the, sure. the website was down for quite a chunk of the last year right um right. due to behind the scenes upgrades gone awry and completely beyond your control me, me not knowing anything about fixing it um but uh it is back up again and we should be able to make some more progress and improvements going forward but before then we've got like about a year's worth of stuff to catch up on yeah in terms of um the blog posts and i fell into the trap of putting a lot more effort into <laughs> blog posts well they're very we good down so looking at year ones versus like early year twos is like holy moly yeah uh, it definitely changed from show notes to blog posts yeah big time yeah and and they'll probably 
go in a, in a different direction as we try and catch up on some of the back catalog. Um, yeah. But the glossary is, is really one of the most like useful things associated with that. And that kind of gets updated as you go through them as well. And it's already like you get to the point where you, you just reuse terminology. So it is a fairly complete, even if it's not a, a associated with every episode the glossary itself is already pretty functional so I, I wouldn't say that's a complete fail just based on the fact that th that exists already and, and had a lot there so the glossary part yes the blog posts uh maybe not yet so i'm gonna give you a little bit of credit back okay. on that one all right you're self-deprecating i will there. take it yeah. i'll take it uh, item three was get better at interviewing and take the show on the road double house 2022 fail. Double fail there. Yep. <laughs> Whoops. All right. Uh, action item four was record a show sitting in the same room. Hey! <laughs> Check one for the good guys. Cheers. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> um, yeah, no, reviewing that list was terribly depressing, so let's not make another one. Okay, that's a good idea. This episode will have no foresight of any kind other than to continue making podcasts. Yep. Yep. Um, and then on the more neutral things, we are still terrible at social media and self-promotion. But yep. But but yeah. we we always admitted we were never going to improve at that. No. We did a whole episode on why we sucked at that. Yeah. And I think the audio quality, at least on my end, has improved. Oh, 100%. Over the course of the show. For sure. Uh, if anything, like your your work is getting harder to because the websites become more in depth, like the blog posts become well beyond the technical issues, but just the actual content of those is harder and mine's becoming easier because editing your audio has become very straightforward you know i have basically a plug-in i'm like adam eq just make him sound really sexy and uh and that's it all right yeah it's good i don't know how this will be because we're recording live on a totally different device i have a different microphone i probably don't even sound like the same person uh and uh yeah so we'll see but otherwise it's been really good okay but yeah no definitely a lot of learning in uh year two yeah. things i didn't want to learn about in terms of yeah for sure website backends but and to, and the and the content we were talking about it takes longer to put them together and that's because we can't just pull them out of uh, our own minds so there's research and reading and and preparation on on the topics it's not just a fieldwork stories episode <laughs> which was probably the easiest we put should together. do another one we should do another fieldwork episodes it's one of the better listened to ones too yeah so yeah uh, overall, there has been a lot of learning. I think that would be a good summary of the of the year. Okay. And then uh, next thing I had on my list to talk about, so we had a bit of reflection of what we did not do. Mm -hmm. uh, we had some challenges. Uh, the website, as mentioned, was broken for quite a while. Um, yeah. There were two separate COVID breaks. One each? One each. Yep, great. Perfect. And that knocked us out for a while. Mm -hmm. um, there's a bit of floundering because we don't really have a good way to get a sense of well-received versus less well-received episodes. Mm -hmm. um, and we definitely started, not just on the back end, um, started preparing way more. I was like shocked when I reviewed their preparatory notes yeah. for uh, stuff in year one. I don't know if that, I've not come back and really listened to old episodes, but we definitely flew by the seat of our pants way more than has been the case in the last little while. Big time. There's more notes for this review episode than there were for whole episodes on like scientific topics like uh hold my beer i'm going to try and explain transfer functions without 
uh, <laughs> without visuals. Yeah. That's a very poorly uh, noted episode, <laughs> considering what we were trying to do with it. There yeah. are far more notes about this yeah. <laughs> today, and this is going to be like 20 minutes in, in total. Yeah. No, so, uh, I think- and I think it's just that we know those topics pretty well and and didn't know what we needed to get through an episode and they are a little bit more all over the place and it's not to say the new episodes aren't all over the place sometimes but that's kind of built in in some ways like that's not an accident necessarily yeah Yeah, no it's just it's interesting in terms of the evolution evolution and you know not knowing what you don't know yeah um And then the big one is uh, we both got new jobs. Yeah, we haven't. I don't think we've said. We said that you had a new job. Maybe, maybe. it's not new anymore. It's like no, a year it's almost, been like right? Years, yeah. So. <laughs> um, and it's, it's a big deal because I'm not entirely sure if I'm still allowed to be a host on the Paleoilmology podcast because I'm not actually a working paleoilmologist anymore. I'm just cruising on my legacy at this. Well, point. I, I mean, I'm taking uh, taking. Um, uh, interest uh, if people are putting in applications no we're not gonna replace adam of course you can still be a paleoanthropologist <laughs> i mean that gives it that could almost be an episode like do you have to be a practicing what is a scientist like just talk about this all the time in in more popular twitter kind of discussions on you know if you're not a professor if you don't have a phd you're not a scientist that's nonsense if you you know if you know about the topic you're interested in it and, and have a, a an interest you qualify as a as a scientist and your science is still paleolimnology in the background, but it does make for some challenges. So, like, yeah. you have a day job. I mean, I have a day job too, but it's I have a completely unrelated as to this a day assistant job. professor. So, I can qualify my time to say record a podcast like that's arguably outreach. You uh, you could not take off an afternoon to record with some external guest who doesn't want to talk at nine thirty at night when we usually do. Uh, so that does present slight challenges for, for those kinds of things, but not insurmountable ones, certainly yeah. not. But we'll figure out. And then maybe there's a whole, so another angle that we can come back in terms of my eyes being open a little bit, because I'm working more in research administration now yeah. and reviewing grants. And there might be in future material to mine from there in terms of, and as you as well now as an actual, with the, a tenure track position. A tenure yep. track position. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we didn't actually say what our jobs are. <laughs> so what's Adam's new job? Just just in case we haven't talked about it, because I don't actually remember. Yeah, no, my official title is I'm a research projects advisor. So I basically work in the grants office at Queens now. And um Well that, there's lots to be learned from that. Yeah. And like review and so the thrust of my job is just providing grant support to faculty members from the full Faculty of Arts and Science. It's huge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah so, exactly. Um, so yeah. So the the world is much wider than I ever uh, anticipated before, and you know, it's not when I'm reviewing a grant that is in like pure math. Um, yeah. It's just a case of I have no insights to offer other than readability. Yep. And are you well, checking for now? But I, I, I'm boxes. sure that's going to change as you become yeah. more familiar with with those kind of applications you know this was your first math centered discovery grant uh application but by the 30th yeah you know you you will have something just to contribute to that and then you'll be able to take and look at the generalizations from all of them and see what is successful and what's not and i'm sure you're already getting to that point so yeah there's lots to be learned there yeah 
and I don't know if there'd be any interest on on. Well, we, I don't really care if there's any interest. We do the show for fun. <coughs> but <laughs> is there uh, any interest on anything we talk? The, but I think there'll be stuff to talk about, about like, data. You know, <laughs> research funding in Canada yeah. is a huge element that I just was through the postdoc period and research. I am uh, a professional period in a in a lab where I've worked on individual applications, but I didn't really have a good sense of the grant landscape. And yep. I think uh, there'll be some useful stuff out there for you know both at the level of general interest but then also for grad students looking to make the, the leap uh, at, a phd um, like someone who's in their phd it's not something you think about i didn't know any of that stuff really no and i think we had a fairly open kind of funding discussion relationship in in the lab that that we did our graduate work in more so than some people some people it's a complete black box yeah uh, and and you really don't get a, a ton of experience and it does change all the time which is the other thing yeah, and there's a lot more stuff out there than I ever realized. Mm -hmm. And some of it is incredibly niche and not applicable, but just, you know, as a grad student or as a professor, there's a deluge of oh yeah, email list servers that you subscribe to and you know, picking out the the key items is can be quite difficult sometimes. Or like, you know, For sure. a sentence has to sell you on I'm going to click on this and then yeah go down a rabbit hole or this is what it says but this is really what it means you know mm -hmm. those kind of things like i i get i've only been doing my tenure track job for three weeks i think if you include the holiday break and i'm already on you know a bunch of different interdisciplinary kind of cluster things well beyond what i would have known of before because you get looped into these networks or whatever collaborations uh and and just seeing how those can kind of fit into the whole big picture is is hard because you know you haven't been exposed to them before so that that's definitely something we can do and, and my new job is is basically the same i'm doing i'm still at york uh in the same unit in the faculty of environmental and urban change but i have a tenure track position which is much more kind of standard Congratulations. Thank you. And to you too. Yep. So we'll have to update the website. We will, yeah. To reflect yeah. that because it uh, is now very much out of date. All right. So All right. That, talking about. Good 20 minute update on yeah. the podcast. Yeah. So um, going forward. Uh, yes. Yeah. What's next? Yeah. We've lost all our listeners in this particular episode. Is skipping ahead to like them talking about nothing. Yeah, we should put a here. big marker in this. Like, yeah. well, actually, maybe I'll do a little note at the beginning. Like, if you don't care about this reminiscing stuff, skip to whatever time, yeah. and uh, and you'll hear what's next, or just tune in to the next one. Anyway, yeah. um, so how about for the very first time we preview an arc idea? I like it. So we've never done this before. It's always been very by the seats of our pants and hammer out a couple of episode ideas. Yep. Um, but seeing as we've kind of been alternating between rambly conceptual topics versus more, I don't know, I need to come up with better names for these, versus lecture type thematic um, informative uh, arcs. <laughs> Good episode. Good arcs. <laughs> oh, no. I, you know what? <laughs> no, I, I'm kidding. Yeah. Um, we're thinking of going ahead uh in the next little while, or I guess um, from your point of view, it could be months from now, but from our point of view, the next little while uh, of an arc that we're going to call Reading Lists. I'm excited about this topic. It's yeah. different. It's definitely different. And we'll see And we'll see if we uh, draw people in or send them running. Um, so it's really prompted by the timing of a new academic year. 
Um, and this this one, we thought, because it's a bigger deal than most due to the potential for, or I guess for more than the potential, the current plans for an on-campus return. Widespread, exclusive, you know, basically back to normal. Yeah. And hopefully that, that comes to pass. Um, and there's going to be a whole slew of new graduate students just starting yep. uh, on, you know, countless topics. And we just got chatting about how building an initial reading list for a particular topic to get your background expertise so that you can understand how you're going to push this particular topic forward uh, can be quite hard, um, especially when you're, you know, coming in at the ground floor. And how yeah. do you start? Yeah, it's probably harder than it used to be. It's one of those things that, you know, you have instant access to every article ever, effectively. Like the back catalog of science has more or less been digitized at this point, and you can get any article that you want. You know, if, if you can't find it electronically now, you probably could find something instead. It's and not likely you'll skip it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, whereas it might not have been so easy or it might have been a little bit easier to see what is this really critical uh, back literature, air quotes, back in the day. There may have been a file folder in the lab of these seminal papers on a given topic that you should go through. You know, you these are the places you would start. You go make a photocopy for yourself, and then you have that copy. But that may not exist anymore. No. And I've definitely written a fair number of emails to prospective students, like in the first couple of days that arrived, of like, you know, this is depending on what the specific master's project or PhD project they're working on. Like if it's related to my own expertise, it's been like, here you go, here's the email. Sorry to bombard you with PDFs, but here is your starting point yep. to build out from. For sure. And I, yeah, exactly. The undergraduate students that I have starting, uh, one of them's working in the summer. One of them is coming to start. Uh, her thesis in September, I have a shared OneDrive or you can do Dropbox or whatever your file server thing is of these are some papers where I would start. Yeah. And because a the key theme is um, it's important to one, not be overwhelming on day one. Like, I mean, I guess it doesn't really matter that much, but you don't want to be discouraging someone when they arrive in a new place and then go, you go, here's 50 PDFs to work your way through. Yeah. So there's usually a pretty selective list. And it's not always important to begin at the beginning. You know, I think as, as putting this together, it's like in terms of examples, I think very few people out there would recommend to begin studying acid rain by going back to Smith 1892, <laughs> where the the book chapter that the um, phrase was coined in, or necessarily start working if you're working genomics is like go back to the Mendelian P experiments <laughs> from the from the from the original yeah the paper. original yeah exactly. Um, journal key, entries, yep. yeah, because the key findings of many classics have percolated through the relevant literature, and then you know things like Mendel and stuff, even into popular culture. Yeah. Um, and just because it is insightful and foundational doesn't mean it will always be the most illustrative slash useful um, paper or whatever it might be um, for a new student. Yeah, they, they may not be complete. You know, the ideas have been improved upon or uh, re analyzed or whatever they often are very short papers they're not very exhaustive you know the the was it watson and crick nature paper from 1963 i think something 53 like 53 uh is like a page and a half like a nature paper is and and that's not where i would go to learn about the structure of dna no it's for people that are well versed yeah. in the hunt for the structure mm -hmm. at the time yeah 
Um, and yes, and you mentioned earlier, the process has gotten easier, so that can almost make it more overwhelming at times. It's very easy to do searches on Google Scholar of who has cited this paper versus who is cited in this paper. And this, those are just two clicks away to get full lists. Yep. And that can be quite illustrative um, and at the same time overwhelming. When I was a student, the digitization wall was a thing. Um, There's a very sep big separation between what you could get digitally versus what you'd have to go to the book stacks and the library to find. Yeah, me too, even. I think that has pretty much been eliminated now. It just comes down to which journals you're subscribed to. Which is a thing, true. It's very much a thing very in terms much of point. limiting access. <clears throat> and, you know, because I definitely remember doing reading lists where I've got five or six papers, able to find five of them. So, and then you look at the title. Not only you're working from is a title. Yeah. Maybe not even the abstract. And so, am I going to go hunt <laughs> sure. for this one paper from 1963? Yeah. And sometimes the answer is yes. And depending for on sure, the day, yeah. sometimes the answer is no. And Yeah, exactly. And, and now it, you know, the equivalent would be, am I going to email the author of this paper that I've read the abstract of? Yeah, maybe it will and maybe it won't. Yeah. Um, and that's something I, I did quite rarely, actually. But I'm, I'm doing it more and more now. Yeah. And I found um, maybe I'm just more comfortable with it. You know, you're not it, you're not a master's student just yeah. sending an email to to some yeah. other person. But yeah, it is becoming a thing. Yeah, and I definitely um, there's a steady stream now of um, requests through ResearchGate for for stuff. That right, I definitely for sure. Def so I, I guess I distribute stuff more that way mm -hmm. than in terms of asking. But that that is a pretty cool channel that was definitely not there big time. And so and I think cool. people are. I mean, we're getting a little off topic, but people are archiving preprints uh or the accepted version before it's been paginated quite a bit more especially as it's kind of linked to the the funding model at least here in canada but we'll, we'll, we can talk into some of these things later yeah all right so we still need the launch points and so we're going to try an arc that will choose five key pa papers a student would require to kick off their research in a series of fairly broad topics within paleoalumnology yep but that that could be that could be quite challenging. Could be, uh, it would depend on the topic. And we've, we've thought of a few topics and we'll see how this goes and how hard it is. Uh, but I think we need some rules associated with that because it could become small, 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 <laughs> small. <laughs> and then, as much uh, as I love reading, we've got our bias yeah. Yeah, tied into that. And well, you know what? I'm biased and that this is stuff I'm more familiar with than others. And I don't yeah. care. And that's going to be part of it because all, all these kind of recommended lists are going to, you know, it's going to be what yeah. I, you know, what I felt with the key papers. So we'll say we'll try and pull up a list of five papers and point out why we feel they are so important to the topic at hand. Yep. Trying to limit to no more than one review. That's that's good. Yep. I think that's really useful because primary research often, you know, we, we say this all the time to students. Like yeah, reviews are great, but you should probably go and read the original paper yeah. in order to cite it. Uh, yeah. Oh, unless yeah, you're yeah. citing it as a review. Yeah. Um. Does it matter if we're particularly reliant on a single author in that list? I think it'll depend on the list, probably. I we're going to try to not make it all one research group because that's not, you know, that's not a good place to jump off because they may work in a single area, use a single method, all of those kind of things. I think there's a, a, a goal to try and spread it out geographically, time-wise, uh, to some extent. But they still have to be seminal. So if it fits, that may still end up happening. Yeah. Um, we talked about a topic versus a proxy because some are big, some are small, but then the value curve of more papers diminishes the bigger, you know, depending on how small niche the topic is. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. We'll figure it out. 
because the topics aren't picked yet. Um, and this is going to require a fair bit more homework than we normally do. To some extent. I mean, to some extent, it's also just reading papers too, which is, is defined. So yeah. we won't be trying to find topics of different yeah. areas and we'll have an idea, but it, it is going to be a little bit of uh, a different kind of workflow to what we've done before. So hopefully it's fun. And I think we'll start in our respective wheelhouses to make it easier. You in know, terms of always do. Already having the list. Um, and uh, yeah, hopefully we'll have the first couple of these to go kind of, in, the, yeah. in the fall. First in September. late summer, early fall. Yep. In time for uh, the new academic year. And if you hear this and, and you have a topic, I mean, no one ever emails us or texts <laughs> us. But uh, if you have one, you know, hey, we're happily will take some suggestions. Shoot, shoot us a line. Absolutely. Yep. Um, but yeah, in overall... We still consider this podcast to be a fun project, and we intend to keep stumbling along on ever more esoteric topics, um, and we commit to nothing more than this not being the last episode of the podcast, um, but we, ideally we'll be here for a while. Yep, that's right. And we will always suck at social media promotion, so don't expect to hear any meal kit ads anytime soon. <laughs> Wait, hang on a second. <laughs> Didn't we already do that? Wasn't the helicopter... Meal things, but we will sell out. No one ever made a single comment on our fake uh, advertisements. It has to be tied into the code word somehow. Yeah, I guess so. For the true believers, that's right. <laughs> Granny Thienpont's uh, book of knots or audio book, audio book of knots. Right, that's the weirdest of them all. It's no wonder we didn't do any after that. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas, indeed. All right, let's wrap this up. Okay, so yeah, as always, thanks for listening to Core Ideas, the Paleo Limnology Podcast. If you have a question or a comment or a suggestion for a future show, such as the reading lists, uh, please send us a note. That's right. You, uh, ways you could reach us. Our email address is coreideaspodcast at gmail.com. And the Twitter handle is at coreideaspaleo with only one A in paleo. We read everything that you send us eventually. Uh, don't expect an immediate reply, but we will get to it. And an archive of our past episodes and show notes for many of them is maintained on our website at coreideas.hsyorski.ca. And the link is listed on our Twitter bio. And if you're so inclined, you can give us a rating or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, wherever you get those podcasts. Those five-star ratings are great. Comments are even better because it's nice to know who the listeners are. Um, but to be honest, we just do this for fun. So uh, thanks for listening. Yeah, and that's it for today. But we'll be back soon. Uh, to explore another paleo topic, uh, sticking to our ethos of pure knowledge without the economy. <laughs>